When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi again, welcome into the Inside Zone with head coach Mel Tucker. It's a weekly podcast here at the University of Colorado. My voice for the bus, Mark Johnson, along with uh, the head coach of the Buffaloes. And, you know, it's not often we get an in-studio guest for the podcast, but uh, we are so honored here today. Yeah, Matt McChesney, man, in the, in the studio. He's uh, He's got a, a strong presence, man. <laughs> you know, he comes in, he takes up a lot of space in here. Yes, he does. Try not yeah. to breathe too hard yeah. on the mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, you trap me in the elevator and all. The, the oxygen is going to go quick. Well, it's good to have the, the former Buffalo here, uh, played from 2000. You, you were here when I got here in 2004, yes, so it's been, been that long. That's the uh, – yeah. that, that old four team – Overcame a lot of adversity. That was that was a tough group, man. Yeah, you, remember you, the uh, the Hang Tough Award. I remember they used. To, I don't know if they still give that award or not at the banquet. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they still do. Yep. So uh, I remember Coach Barnett gave it to the entire senior class. There was right. like nine of us. Yeah. So we came in with thirty-two deep in two thousand. Craig Oaks and Marquis or Mark Marcus Houston. Be careful Houston. now. Be careful now. Yeah. Old school and uh and like i think 10 or 11 of us left in, yeah. in 04 so that that 04 team you guys won the big 12 north won the north uh the the, the title game didn't go our way the title game did not go our way that was yeah. one of the best oklahoma teams in history although they got dealt with too though against yeah. sc in the in the national title game like they got their their butt kicked in that game so yep. you know that that team was 4 and 4 and we had we had lost uh four or five and we had you know a three-game winning streak and a two-game losing streak and beat Iowa State and then lost two games again and everybody was counting us out and we just kind of made a decision in the room as, as a group to to not listen and just come together and right. it, it worked and, and Clatt rallied the offense and they had that big play to Monte on senior day and then going Kansas to, State going Kansas yeah. State and then going to Lincoln and winning was pretty pretty awesome obviously yep. beating yep. Nebraska is always big which high five that was awesome <laughs> by the way yeah I'd rather uh, be dead than real I'll tell you that was a great day and uh and and then you know the the Big 12 title game was a learning experience because we ended up going to a bowl game and we were down at the half to UTEP and yep. we could easily folded and we ended, we found a way to win the game and send everybody off the right way so uh, you know, there's a lot of things actually that I see happening now that I used to feel when I was here with Gary mm -hmm. and, and that group just 
guys play real hard. That there's no lack of effort on the field. And it seems that the juniors on your football team, when I was a freshman here in 2000, in 2000, yeah, we were three and eight. Mm. And we lost a bunch of games. By, we got beat bad maybe twice. Yeah. And the rest of our losses were end of the game. We, we started the year with a close loss to CSU. We started, and then Washington beat us by three. SC beat us by three on the road. Mm. And that same group came back the next year, essentially. Mm. We didn't lose a lot of guys. Yeah. And I'm watching this year's group with, with Lamin and Mustafa, and, you know, yeah. we'll see what two does. If, right. if he goes to the league, he goes. Right. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah. That core coming back, and then you sprinkle in some youth that you got early enrolling, and, man, I'm telling you, it's the adversity you're going through right now reminds me a lot of that time. I think a lot of good comes from it, to be completely yeah. honest with you. You know, it, it nothing good's going to come from anything easy, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you, man. We got a lot of got a, a lot of young players that are getting a lot of playing time that they're they're going through it right now, and uh, it's it's definitely going to build character. Um, Matt, you are one of the most passionate, you know, guys that I've ever been around in terms of not just CU but just life and you know working with young men and all those all those types of things. Um, I wanted to know, like, your relationship with CU. Like, when did it start? Like, how did you end up here? Like, did you always want to be here? And, you know, who recruited you? And then how did it all unfold for you? Uh, so I fell in love with CU when I was 10. And we moved from Santa Cruz to a 70-acre plot that my, my you know, my mother still lives on. Just down the road here. Just down the road, yeah. Triple Creek Ranch off 36. Mm-hmm. And we moved from the beach – Essentially, we lived on the boardwalk uh, down in Santa Cruz to 70 acres. And boy, was it a wake-up call. But I remember we, you know, we didn't, have a, we didn't have a TV when I was a kid. And everything was into the business. So we built the barns before we built our house. So we lived mm. in, a, in a trailer. And that's mm. just the way it was. You know, hard work up at 6 in the morning. You're going to work before you go to school. So it taught me how to get up early. And I'm up at 4 a.m. religiously mm. now. I guess full circle here is I remember when I was 10 years old, I was at my, my uh, cousin's house in Lincoln, Nebraska, okay? And my entire family, my grandfather, my grandma, my aunts and uncles, all of them are communist Nebraska people. <laughs> and Are there any other kind? No, there's not. And, and we, we moved to Boulder, and I fell in love with CU. I, I remember sneaking into the stadium when I was a kid through the gate and getting chased by security, and they never used to be able to catch me, my, me and my buddy Lance. And so I'm 10 years old, and I watched them win in Lincoln and EB go off. And then it just, the love affair started. And then I grew up at a time where we lost to them by literally the skin of our teeth for years. And in 99, or in two, yeah, 99, when Jeremy Aldridge missed right, uh, I was in the stadium as a recruit. And Mm. it it broke my heart that day. And I felt like I was on the team. And I guess... When I was in 1997, I was a, a sophomore at Niwot High School up the street, right. and we had never been any good, and they had never put anybody out D1. And uh, I went to a football camp here, and Coach Neuheisel, it was his last season before he left for Washington, and he had Alfred Williams as guest coach. And Big Al was my favorite player ever. Mm-hmm. And he'd, he played for the he was playing for the Broncos at the time, and. <laughs> Everything in my life has been people telling me what I can't do, and then I'll see if I can go do it. Sure. So 
I remember the first day of the camp, New Heisel was like, okay, we got offensive line against defensive line tug of war. So he's, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll volunteer. I stood up first, and he goes, no, we want a real D lineman. And I was like, okay. Wow. New Heisel said that? Yeah, New Heisel said that. I'm a sophomore. I'm just a big, gangly white kid from Niowa. You know, nobody knows who I am. And I'm just like, okay. So I remember that, and I go back to the dorm and go to sleep. And I'm actually dorming with this kid named N.J. Flom, who went to North Glen, who ended up being another big recruit, same class as me, and went to Nebraska. And... I remember sitting in the room that night, and I, I told him, I was like, I am going to destroy people tomorrow. It was on. <laughs> and they had, this, they had this huge recruit in from California to go to camp. From, and he's a 6'9 kid, and they were all over him, following him around, and you know, recruiting the hell out of him, as they should have. Right. And Al, the next day, was running pass rush. And it was on the old-school turf. And that old-school turf, you could move on that stuff. Oh, yeah. You had the right oh, shoes. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm in a five technique, and I come off the ball pretty hard and outside in him and run him over. And Big Al just stands up and goes, man, that boy's got the best moves in camp. <laughs> and I remember it to a day because he's my favorite player ever. And wow. that afternoon, Neuheisel walked up to me and said, where do you go to high school again? <laughs> I, said, I go right down the street to Niwak, coach. And then uh, that same year, they played Baylor at home at night. And it was a close game, but we wore the gold with the black helmets. Right. And I remember he, he offered me as a sophomore with my parents in the office. Yeah. And, you know, three weeks ago or two weeks ago, I'm up here with Dudley and his parents. When you offer him in the office, it, it just goes full circle, man. It's, yeah. I got a kick-ass job, and I love my university. And I just I find a lot of things that, that happen in life happen for a reason, so. If I can take that and give that back to my guys that I work with on a daily basis, then I'm doing a good job. You, you look at, at the time that you spent here and, you know, went through adversity, went through all sorts of, of ups and downs, right? Oh, yeah. And, Total uh, dumbass. But, <laughs> well, I, well, I wasn't going to say that. Awful, but uh, All right. Had, had some self-inflicted wounds. Oh, Let's say God. that. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by, by the way, at some point, you've got to tell the story about the, was it the air conditioning unit that fell on top? We've got to hear that at well, some point. Well, is the air conditioner or the RIAA? Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Who gets? I got sued for downloading music when I was here. Remember well, I, that? Yeah. One of 256 people in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was fun to explain. Yeah, you know what? The statute of limitations. Napster. Yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an internet years. pirate, baby. Right. Certified FBI. The uh, this the statute of limitations is over on all of that, from what we understand. We so, hope. Yeah. But I'm wondering though, the, the time you spent here, but the time you left here in 2004 when I got here, you were a team captain uh, on this team. That, that's that's a hell of a story for you to kind of grow up and, and leave here the way you did? Well, C Coach Barnett used to say that, you know, some of the time we're not really recruiting them, we're reforming them, hmm. and that was what he did with me. Until Coach Wilson walked up to me when I was medical redshirted, I <laughs> I had broke my leg because an air conditioner <laughs> fell on me in a meeting, okay? <laughs> All right, so we'll tell the story. I'm sitting in the meeting downstairs. Have you heard this, Mill? Uh, oh, this I've is a heard good one. bits and pieces, okay. but <laughs> this is, I'm bits about to get pieces. the real deal right so now. So I'm sitting in the meeting room. And they used to have big sliding uh, dividers in the meeting room in the Dow Ward. And the doors are ten times heavier than the walls. Okay? <laughs> so it's late at night. We're in, it, we just got done with the two-a-day. I'm sitting there watching tape. 
underneath the air conditioner because, of course, my fat ass is under the air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're all big it's men just, here, just like know. this one right here. Yeah. <laughs> so coach Coach Wilson walks in and starts, you know, you know, today was awful. I can I can find five Sallys to do better than y'all. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, here we go, here we go. And Lee Goldstein, our GA, walks in and hands off paperwork. And he says thanks, and he walks out, and the door slams. And all of a sudden, you just hear pop, 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 pop. And er Marcus Harris, God bless him, just takes off. (laughs) And I don't know, the instincts of this guy, he just gone. And I went like this. (laughs) Looked up. And looked straight up. And this air conditioning vent just falls out of the ceiling on me. With every everything inside of it as well, like all the asbestos and <laughs> <laughs> the nastiness in the air vent, and like the mouse crap and everything you can imagine. It dislocates my shoulder and just destroys me. And I stand up and I'm like, okay, here it comes. And everybody in the room's like, oh my God, what you, you have got the worst luck on earth. <laughs> and so... <clears throat> I didn't. They had just recruited a kid named Gabe Ninus, yeah. and he had transferred in. He's a good player, and Gabe's my boy. And we were fighting at Seven Technique for a job, so I didn't want to lose my job. So I took a week off and shot my shoulder up, <laughs> and then I went back to practice, and it didn't go too well because I couldn't feel my arm when I was trying to place the 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 Seven Technique and tight end off, and my foot turned the wrong way, and I medicaled. So, because I broke my leg that year, but if I that adversity that happened, even though that the bad stuff happened and the bad luck, I look at it like this: there, there's a lot of negative things that have happened. You know, my my career ended in a very negative way. Sure, in the NFL, you're it, talking it about it sucked. Yeah. It yeah. was awful. I had to deal with a lot of injuries in that regard as well. And I lost, like, I lost my brother. He drowned three days before my third training camp. Hmm. So, you know, it was. Going to training camp, I was not playing football, if that makes sense. It was different for me. So Mm -hmm. I always look at this game as an opportunity to let the the little bit of the craziness and the monster out because it's acceptable in this arena, and that's what what you need a little bit. You know, obviously, you've done a great job. You have a great reputation of working with young men. How'd that that all start for you? (laughs) You know, honestly, uh, with a no – the the way most things start I uh okay so it, <clears throat> I had just ended my career I had to retire and and you played six years in the NFL I played I played five and a half okay and it wasn't really playing it was a lot I was on IR twice I had three left ankle reconstructions in my time every time I got healthy something else happened I I got in I got activated with the Dolphins, and 10 plays in on fourth and one, I got rolled up on and tore every ligament in my Dude, knee. Dude, what did you do in life to deserve it's, all well, that? Well, huh? it's, it's not so much deserve as how you deal with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I could it could have broke me, but I just kept pushing till Eric McCarty told me I was going to be on a wheelchair, and now I have a five-level fusion in my back because of it. So it's also I didn't really take care of myself the same way I should have either. I, I was always pushing through something, but that's what football is at the same time. It goes full circle and answer to answer your question, how do we start? This this is how. After the situation happened with, with Bannon, and you know, I hope that everything's going on with him right now. I hope it works out for him. I, really, I hope he Amen. gets the, the help he needs and you know, we had one bad day, but we had a lot of good days. He's a great friend. I love mm-hmm. him and I hope he gets the help he needs. We we had a bad day on a golf course. 
and I, I don't drink and I wasn't partying that day and it was just a random accident and it ruined my football career. It ended it. Right. And I didn't sue him. I didn't blow him up. I didn't call the cops. We just moved on with our lives because he's my friend. It's an accident. <clears throat> so I, went, I decided to go back to school, came back up and got my degree. I had to take sign language. That was weird. Wow. Boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> I had to go back in and take a sign, one sign language class to get my degree. Really weird. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad the, you got who's it. Who's the 6'5", 300-pound tattoo guy in the corner? <laughs> He's doing sign yeah. language right now. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we're on the radio, huh? So, so I get my degree, and, and it was right when Coach Embry got the job. Okay. So I call Coach, and I remember walking into the Dow Ward, and I got suit and suited up and zooted up and ready to go come in sit down give him my resume and he's like you really bring me a resume well like i know who you are right. i'm like still this is a job interview i want to be professional and asked him for an opportunity and uh he said no he said no okay so then i went to lauren landau who's now the strength coach with the broncos and i remember this like it was yesterday and this is written on my wall in my office and on my mirror in my house. I intentionally write every hotel I stay in, I write it on the mirror. <laughs> I said, you know, I was, I had this idea right. of there's kids in Colorado that are underdeveloped and undervalued because they don't have anybody. No one knows they're here. What if we have a bridge? What if we do what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You have the facility. Let me be your your positional coach with O-line, D-line, because I play both ways. I know what I'm talking about. Let me prove it to you. And he looked at me in the face in his office and said, you know, in this business, you eat what you kill, and I don't think you can hunt. And I was wow. like, I said, okay, Lauren, and you just got a competitor for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> and now my 12,000-square-foot facility is three blocks from his. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... When I when when bad things happen, okay, you can either look at it as wow, life sucks, and I it, I'm being picked on, or I always say to my guys, I'm like, okay, so how many of you guys got uh got got effed by a coach? Oh, oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what'd you do? There's always yeah, I bet, I Amen. bet. So it's all about how you handle situations. Half of the time, in my opinion, you're being tested on how you're going to handle it as a man. Mm-hmm. And with every negative that's happened in my life, if I handle it correctly, it turns out in a positive way every time. I'm going to set you up here because I know how you're going to answer it. The kids in Colorado have got a bad rap nationally that we don't have a lot of talent in this state. That's right. To which you would say? Um, I would say that if you want to be taken seriously, you need to be serious. Okay, we'll use Max Borgie. Okay, and and Max is a great player. And at Washington State, Washington State is committed to see you and didn't end up coming here. Best of luck to him. Good player. And we'll just use him as an example. Okay. And we sit down and talk, and we're talking about scheme. Okay, and terminology changes everywhere. Coach knows this term. An overfront may not be called an overfront, but it's still an overfront. A Sam stack, a strong safety force, a fence, cover one. Like, it may be called something different, but the scheme is the scheme. Yeah. When I say to him, okay, Max, I, you don't need me to do anything for you from a speed, strength, and conditioning standpoint. You're a fast kid. You figured it out. You're, you're gifted, and you figured it out. Good for you. Draw 11 
tied in ISO, three by one bunch, something you'd run Gator out of, under, all right, strong safety force, but man coverage, and then put your Gator to the field, and then your tight end, are, you know, are, do you, uh, in your Gator formation is the first player a tight end or a receiver, so you have the scissors concept. And these kids look at me like, like I have literally five eyeballs on my face. Like, what are you talking about? Because everybody's playing checkers. And I'm playing chess. Hmm. And I was blessed to have Bill Callahan, which is another hilarious story about he was the head coach at Nebraska. That was weird. <laughs> but I was blessed to have Bill Callahan as my first ever line coach with the Jets when they moved me. Sure. And he was the most detailed human being I've ever been around. Hmm. And then my next coach in Miami was Mike Mazur. Hmm. And he was the most hardcore coach I've ever been around. And him and I got along. Just fine. Right. Because Joey Porter was our outside linebacker in Miami, and Coach Parcells, I walked in, and Parcells said, Joey Porter can't set the edge. And I said, okay. And he said, you played to see you, right? And I was like, yep. And he goes, he's a ram. And I go, I, I know. <laughs> 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 so the way I got activated was six weeks in a row, starting each practice, each nine on seven, drill with counter. And Joey's got to set the edge, and I am drop step, full speed. And that's the way I attack literally everything I do. But it, I just, I just love football, bro. And right. it's, it's contagious, and I can't help it. And if people in Colorado want things to change, it has to stop being a hobby. But if you're not doing something, and all you're doing is your weightlifting program and posting on Instagram and acting like you're the baddest small fish in this little pond, you're, what are you going to do when you get there? I don't care about getting there. Getting here is good. Good for you. You got here. Are you foundation when you walk in the room? Hmm. Can the coach depend on you? Are you going to study? It was your goal to get here and get free school, or is your goal to get here and, and leave a legacy so you can walk back into the place when you're done? Hmm. And there's been a lot of kids in Colorado – they go and they're free school guys, and it drives me up a wall. Coach Coach Tucker and he, everybody that's ever been in his position, everybody gets this rap like they need to c recruit the state or die. And I'm like, okay, yeah, who are we recruiting? Sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Come on, let's be real here. It's it, not every kid deserves to play here, and if you want to play here, earn it. No one, you don't deserve anything but oxygen, dude. So, <laughs> you know, it's if if you if they're uh, if they're born in 02, 03, and they haven't seen Colorado have a ton of success, and they think they deserve an opportunity because we're quote unquote down. What do you think this is? So I try and be a wake-up call to these kids a lot, too, because there's a lot of vanity-driven recruiting in Colorado where kids just want to get offered. And it's how many offers can I stack so I look cool. That doesn't help you when you get here. Amen. Because some, somebody is going to eat you alive when you walk in the room if you don't take this seriously. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, interesting to hear you talk about recruiting, like, on your side of it. Um, and, you know, obviously we recruit every day. And I'm not allowed to talk about, like, specific recruits. Don't um, need to. You know, now, but what's what What do you think is the difference with these, these kids nowadays? Um, and not just Colorado kids. I'm in talking general. About in general. Yeah. What's the difference between these kids now and when you were when you were coming along? I put it like this: for some reason, no one told me that I wasn't tricky. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Coach Wilson going into my junior season, which coincidentally mark and i were talking like look your freshman year you were hurt your sophomore right. year you played a bunch it won the big 12 was awesome suspended right. for being a bonehead <laughs> and getting kicked out of school because right. that's what happened right okay facts okay and too much alcohol and not good decisions learn from it come back medical red shirt and then i remember distinctly coach wilson saying to me if you continue down the road you're on you're never going to play on sunday hmm. and i wish they would have told it to me the first time i got in trouble or the first time i thought i was sneaky the difference is they are educated but not informed, if that makes sense. Hmm. I think that they just look at everything as fact rather than deciphering what's what. So I get a lot of this kid said this, this, and that, and you know I don't know if, what the coach is going to do. And I'm like, wait a second. This father talked to a kid and the kid talked to the kid and you guys are making an assumption off what the coach is going to talk to you about off of that? <laughs> like, guys, you, you didn't even say the coach once. How, what does he have to do with the conversation? You guys are just assuming. Right. So there's a lot of information, and I think the information poisons them to, to a point. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest difference, I fell in love with Colorado, and I wanted, and I, I wanted to play there – I don't care. New Heisel goes to Washington. Go. I'm not going to Washington. Sure. I want to play. Want to play for the Bucks. Boulder. Right. This yep. is this is where I want to be. Right. Uh, you know, Frank Solich called my house the night before signing day, and my mother's Matthew. Frank Solich is on the phone. I walked upstairs and said, "Hello, and Matt. This is Coach Solich in Nebraska." I said, "Coach, I'm committed to see you. Don't call this house again. I'll see you after Thanksgiving." <laughs> and. And that's, that's awesome, by the way. That that's is really that's cool. That's why I, I love the guys who know what they want. So yeah. when a kid walks in to commit early and he says to me, Coach, I want to commit, I look at it as, number one, each, end of, each circumstance is different, so you have to take each kid differently mm-hmm. and say, okay, why? And if they give me good reason and they look me eye to eye and I believe them, let's go. Let's go because you are – you're more focused on being a good football player, not getting recruited. Right. Yeah. You found something that you like. You believe in what you're being told, and you roll. And I dig that. And there's no more love. There's the kids walk in, and I'm like, okay, where do you want to play? And they're like, CU, CSU, Nebraska, Oklahoma. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like you want to play at CU, CSU, or Nebraska? What is wrong with you? How confused are you? Like you that's like walking in and be like, I want to play at UCLA or USC. Right. Huh? Yeah. Can't like, do it. And then you, but you're from LA. Like, dude, yeah. you must be super confused. <laughs> like, you're, you're fighting yourself one day a year. Yeah. So I think that's a huge, that's a huge, I think it's a problem in yeah. college football, honestly, because so many guys that I n- knew when I was playing went to the school they wanted to play for their whole life. 
And now it's like a competition to almost, I, I find that the mass offering part of recruiting, mm-hmm. it's still something that I shake my head at and you have to do it if you're a coach. Sure. Because you have to keep up with the Joneses. You can't mm-hmm. not do it. If you, if you're going to hold back, you better be Nick Saban. Sure. Yeah. Because his, or, or Dabo, or have a program where you can hold back. And those guys don't hold back a whole lot. And they're not well, holding back. That's right. why their programs are the way they yeah. are. So it's, there's a lot of differences, but I would say those are probably the biggest two. Well, let me ask you this. We're about 27, 20 minutes in here, so we've got to wrap soon. But This is awesome. You're, you're, we're good. It's great, great having you on. Um, you see coaches. You see programs all over. And I know you've got a special place in your heart for the University of Colorado. No lie. But, but here you are in the business you're in. And you're watching Mel walk in here right now, and you're seeing what's changing and how things are being altered. What do you like seeing, being that you're in that world? What What are you optimistic about right now watching this program? Uh, the halftime speech for Nebraska, okay? Yeah. When we're, we're not playing well. We're not. Sure. And everybody knows it. And we walk in, and everybody gets their adjustments done, and Coach brings them up, and it's dead silent, and with the exception of a couple words we can't say, and – Thank God for you. <laughs> it was essentially, they have nothing. They haven't seen our best. And this is why you came here. Let's mm-hmm. go. And it gave me goosebumps in the, in the room. It made me feel like I was in the room. And intensity, it seems to me that it, you have to earn your way onto the field now. Sure. Like you, If you don't have a good week of work, okay. Somebody else is going to have a good week of work, and it's competition, and that's the way that you—that's the way you have to live, and that's the way it was the whole time I played here. If you did not play well, you are going to be replaced, and if you don't take it seriously, and you don't know your assignments, and you don't chase, I look. I remember three years ago, Phil Lindsay's last year. Okay, because Phil's last year they underachieved, if I remember correctly, right? Sure. Yep. They're five and seven, right? Yep. Okay. I remember being at practice, and I'm not trying to dog anybody out when I say this. I just love my university. And I was molded in a certain way by certain men who coached here. So get mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> Send your complaints to Gary Barnett. To and, Bobby uh, blame Gary. <laughs> Coach Wilson and Gary, it's their fault. <laughs> but I'm out of practice, okay? Yeah. And we're, I'm watching practice. I'm talking to Phil, and he's taking a knee, getting a drink, and Phil's my guy. And – I'm watching the defense, and the defense isn't chasing. And one play happens, and they turn and watch, and I'm like, okay. And the next play happens, and no one turns and chases. I'm like, okay. And then the third play happens, and I couldn't help my – I just scream, chase the ball! <laughs> and, like, the the uh, Coach Shiv or not – I think Shiv was here. Yeah, Shiv was yeah, here. Shiv, Shiv, was Shiv here. turns around, looks at me, and he's like – and I'm like, yep, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Never mind, don't chase the ball. Not, but, not my place. But it's – I see the that now because that same year I watched Khalil Tate walk into Folsom and run for God knows how many yards on us and right. watch us loaf on angles. Right. And it drives me crazy because all you have is your effort on defense. Pursue the damn football. And then I watched this year, and the outcome's not what we wanted, but they – play so damn hard on defense and that's all you can control and if we're look if bad things happen and we can't control bad bounces we can control how hard we play start to finish we can control helmets to the football we can control pursuit we can control going after the rock and we can control being positive even in negative situations and if 
if we're in 04, if we're 4 and 4 and everyone's counting us out, well, we got three more to play. Let's see what we can do. And you know what? If we're 3 and 5 now and everyone's counting us out, well, damn it, we got three more to play. And I guarantee you, Utah is going to walk, we're going to walk into the game thinking they can just walk over us. Washington's not going to think we're going to give them a fight. And I guarantee you, because I know the kids from Stanford, they're going to think the same thing. They can just walk in here and mm. take it from us. And I don't think that that's the same football team that I've seen in the past. So that's what, that's what in my opinion, that's what we build on moving forward before anything else from a toughness standpoint. And mm. honestly, when the offensive linemen, and I'm waiting for this to happen, it was my best trade as an offensive lineman was Chase. Is after the ball's gone, the defensive lineman in me was still there. So I'm tr I'm targeting people down the field, picking them off at the pile. Exactly, yeah. and I'm helping my guy up. I do not. If they help him up, shame on me. And I'm definitely finding out who that dude is because he's soft. And then number two, <laughs> I want to be there for my guy. I don't never right. want to pick up my quarterback, and I always want to help my running back and receivers up, always. Yeah. And I want to be able for my coach to walk into the meeting room on game plan day and go, how many screens do you guys want to run this week? Because there's nothing better than being in space on a safety. Sure. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he's, he's, he, uh, he talks my, my, my brand of football. I think so. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, uh, as we wrap up um, – you know, we've had – you're here in the building, and it's, it's great. you got great energy, man. It's, it's special for me to have you here, and and uh, I love having the, all the, the, the great former buffs to come back. Um, we've had Alfred Williams comes to games. Uh, you know, Matt Russell's been here. Cordell Stewart's been in the house. DG's here all the yeah, time. Yep. Daniel yep. Graham. Got DG smiling. Yeah, I mean, DG smiling. <laughs> Every time I see him, he's smiling. I'm like, Dan, look at you. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. What – tell, tell – like our listeners, our fans, our players that listen to this podcast, what does it mean um, for you to be able to come back, you know, come back, you know, interact with the coaching staff, be around the players, come to practice, come to games, be back on campus, you know, kind of what type of feelings do you have? What does that mean to you? How important is it? It, it is the most important aspect of post playing in my opinion is the ability to go back and I love that so many guys are coming back because for a long time for a very very long time guys did not feel like they were welcome yep. especially in the Hawkins era and Embo just that was just a bad scene the entire situation was just bad so I, I don't really know how to feel about the Embry situation I feel bad for him to a point um, but even under coach Mack you know coach Mack is a is a great guy and but it, it was very hard to be personable with Coach Mack for some reason. And they, and I talked to a lot of ex-players about that, and they don't feel that anymore. Guys, right. I mean, you, I don't care who you are. Guys will reach out to me and be like, how do I, how do I get on the sideline or get a pass? And I'm like, just call McGinnis, bro. Yeah. You're good. They're, they'll right. take care of you. Like, just tell them who you are and when you played, and they'll take care of you. They're trying to get guys back on campus. Because Mel's they, laid the welcome out exactly. for you Exactly, and yeah. that's, the way it, that's the way it should be because everybody really cares. Regardless of how the caring comes out in a good way, in a bad way, with venom, with love, most people really, really genuinely care. And a lot of these guys want nothing more. Look, I played six years in the league. Woohoo. It was a business. It was cool. I got my pension. I'm blessed for it. Whatever. I love CU. 
Right. This this is this is what courses the veins. And even guys who even Dan played twelve years. Yeah. It it's courses his veins. It, that was business. This is this is family. So the guys in the room here now and the guys down there in that locker room, they have three more opportunities together in that team. And Barnett used to always say to us, like, guys, your opportunities as a family are dwindling. Mm-hmm. And you've got to fight for your family this week because if you want if you want six more weeks of football, okay, instead of three, we got to go do some stuff that people don't think we can do. And you fight for your family in that situation. And every good team I was on did that. And every bad team I was on splintered. Every mm-hmm. one of them. It was never a talent thing. It was always a blame or, you know, a, a effort or guys fighting over playing time or, you know, sure. not being able to spat our shoes or something stupid. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the Browns yeah. this weekend with yeah. they, Landry and Beckham, right. both incredible talents. You really have to go change your shoes at halftime? Like you're focused on that? No wonder you're losing. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, I, can't, I can't let you go because Coach Barnett's name is – has come up a couple times in this conversation, and uh, I, I see, we see Coach. I see Coach Barnett, you know, every, at least once a week. He's one of the, the first guys I met when I got here. He's, I mean, he's been great to me. He is just an outstanding human being. Uh, tell us a little, a, little, a little bit about Coach Barnett, and you know, your relationship with him, and what you learned from him, and kind of like what he means to you. He's like my father. I love him. And uh, I'd do anything for him. And I was hurt when they did him the way they did him. Yeah. Period. And, you know, it, it is what it is. And you know what? It, things happen for a reason, and I'm glad he's in the position he's in because he's damn good at it. But he, Coach Barnett is one of the most genuine human beings I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. And he's he didn't just focus on an issue if you had a problem. He focused on why you were having a problem. And he yeah. actually tried to help you figure it out. Yeah. Rather than, I, I feel like there's a lot of, for example, we had a high school kid screw up and the coach just kicked him off the team. Mm-hmm. How does that help the kid? Right. I mean, teach him. Right. And Coach Barnett got a lot of heat for trying to reform, like I said earlier, trying to teach young men how to be men. Yeah. Instead of just be, a scar Yeah, game. man, yeah. instead of just a football player. Right. Instead of just, okay – Instead of, okay, McChesney, you're going to play three technique for us for four years, and then if you go to the league, and that's cool if you go. But also, like, Matt, let's get you on track to graduate. So if you want to take your spring semester off, you have one class to take. And right. Without him pushing me, I never would have gotten the opportunities I got later in life. Right. So I tell my kids all the time, there's this – I hate when – people say you never commit to a coach and I'm like that's crap you all you're committing to a man that you are relying on to guide you so don't take it personal Mm. when you sit in his office and you say to him I want this this and this and then he helps you get it in a way you don't know because Mm. you're a kid and he's your coach and that's something I had to learn and when I learned that I realized that Gary wasn't wasn't my adversary he was my best friend I just needed to realize that it's a maturity thing and it's the ability to hear the message Mm -hmm. instead of I call it the millennial ego but it's any kid yeah like the the kid ego of I can't admit I'm wrong 
Sure. Right. Just admit you're wrong, bro, yeah. and move on and, and fix the problem because if you don't do it, you're going to sugarcoat it, and we're going to talk about this again in a month. Right. And Coach Barnett was – you know, to be honest with you, this is all you need to know about Coach Barnett. My, my brother Nick, who's my best friend on earth, he passed away three days before my third training camp. And the first guy, it was at Bus for Life. Mm-hmm. And Clatt drove me home, and it was, a, it was an awful day, obviously. And uh, the first guy, when we opened the door, like an hour and a half later, mm-hmm. from Bus for Life was Coach Barnett. Mm-hmm. Standing there in the door, and he must have hugged me for five minutes, and he was just telling me in my ear, like, don't, you know, don't go negative. He wouldn't want you to go ne- And I just, yeah, I miss my brother a lot. And every time I see Coach, mm-hmm. it goes full circle to that. So mm-hmm. that that's all you need to know about that, man. He's an incredible person. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Go Buffs. No doubt about it. And, oh, and yeah. now, by the way, Gary's a Hall of Famer, so you whole <laughs> new level of respect, huh? H-O-F, Gary Burnett. man. got to hold the door open for him and everything. Hey, brother, this, this has been a lot of fun. Nobody loves the Buffs awesome. more than you do. I, I do we love know, them, man. that's for damn yeah. sure. We'll All go right. get them, man. Thanks, Thanks for coach. coming on, man. Anything you need, let us yeah, know. Brother. All right. We uh, we love having the former players here on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have Matt McChesney. Played for the Buffs from 2000 to 2004. Good stuff. Great stuff, man. All right. I appreciate them big time. As this one's coming out, you enjoy the bye weekend. And we'll get back to it next week. How's that sound? Go on vacation. Yeah. (laughs) Don't put your J's on, man. Hey, dude. We got to talk about that. How many pairs of J's do you have? Uh, You know, maybe, you know, 30, 40. Yeah. (laughs) right there. That's a whole new episode of the podcast. I got like 25, 30. Yeah, yeah. I had a Nike deal, so I was like, wait, you're going to give me some Nike money? All Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) That's the topic of the next podcast with Matt McChesney for the the Buffs great joining us. For the head coach, Mel Tucker, on Voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson. Thanks for joining us this week on Mel Tucker's Inside Zone. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.